Welcome to the Jeep and Bubba podcast. I am your host, Brad Jeep and Bubba Koran. And today, well, I have two guests that are actually very much alike. Both of them recently left Florida. I mean, sort of recently left Florida to move to the Carolinas. Both of them work in videography, graphic design, and both of them drive JKs. And they also both just had an overland trip and experience that I was not able to go on. We're going to discuss that. But today we have Adventure Russ, Russ Watkins, and Jesse from S3 Magazine. What's going on, guys? What's up? <laughs> yeah, I will say real quick, uh, Adventure Russ is such a brilliant uh, handle, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for, thanks, thanks for that. Uh, it's it's super catchy, uh, but you know it, it warms my heart to make uh, or to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Jeep and Bubba was pretty good, Jesse. You've never told me you like that. <laughs> I had I probably have. I don't know if you remember <laughs> it. I've probably told you how much I love that so much, but you know after after a few drinks that might. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I think we've hugged. So, anyways, you guys just did an overland trip uh to Linville Gorge very recently in the cold and the snow and uh for you Jesse I think this was like your first full-on overland trip I know you've done some traversing and some wheeling before and um for those that think Jesse might sound familiar I've been in their S3 podcast and if you watched our YouTube channel we actually did the mega G build was Jesse's build Mm. at our shop beautiful beautiful JKU and he's also been in some other videos. Russ, you've seen in other videos before if you're familiar with the YouTube channel. And I think Russ is the first person to appear on the podcast twice now. So I think he's the first person to come on twice. Oh, you guys are just, you guys are just making me feel all kinds of special. <laughs> <laughs> this is all the rumors. We're actually not doing a podcast. We just wanted to compliment you for a few hours. Hey, it's not even my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, Russ has been on a bunch of uh, overland trips, including doing the entirety of the Georgia Traverse. Um, and so this Linville idea was Russ's idea. I really wanted to go. Apparently, it's a, a big old gorge, uh, and I'd like to see that. Uh, it was cold and raining. Unfortunately, I had some dumb health stuff pop up recently, but I'm doing okay. Don't worry. Uh, but tell me a little bit about it. I know there was, I don't, not everything went as planned, but also was, there's also like a lot of beauty in the area. There's a lot of cool stuff. So, uh, Jesse, why don't you start us off, hit us off with the highlights of what, what you thought. So, yeah, so this is my first time really doing the overnight, um, thing. I've, I've definitely done some wheeling before with you. Um, we've done Durham town. We did Georgia Traverse, uh, tons of fun, but I wanted to experience the overnight thing. I know this is also my first, like, real-time camping. I want to say I've done it when I was, like, a child before, but this is also my first time camping. So my friend Chris from Florida, of uh, E3 Spark Plugs, uh, drove up from Florida in his Tacoma, um, and he is, like, rigged out. He's, he's got everything and then some. Um, so we head up there from South Carolina, um, and we get there a little bit later, but it is like, I mean, uh, like white Christmas everywhere. I mean, it's, it's snow everywhere. It's, for two Florida boys, 
like this is it right here like on the mountain snowing white everything nice um so that was awesome um the location was gorgeous too russ found a spot that like you walk 10 feet like towards the cliff and you just see this mountain it was it was it was an incredible spot um fire was great food was great uh we tried to hit we tried to hit the trail um towards the gorge i think it was um and there seemed to be some some other people on the trail that that was having trouble with the ice um so we doubled back and um, we ended up hitting a, a, another location to camp out that was a little more uh, or a little less primitive. Um, and, and, and I'm seeing that like give and take, like when you're doing the overlanding thing, the more you want from your campsite, like showers or bathrooms or like a, like a very clear campfire spot. Um, I noticed that if we get that, we lose the seclusion and uh, and and the view of, of being on top of the mountain. Um, so it's interesting to see that, like you, you know, each side of that. Yeah, for sure. People are my least favorite thing to see when I'm overlanding. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds mm-hmm. weird, but like I just want the people I'm with to hang out with me. I don't want to see anybody else. I'd rather yeah. run into a bear than a person. I would just. That's kind of why you're out there. So you're right. Like when you get closer to the amenities, then you're going to get more people. And not to say all people are bad. It's just, you know, it's right. nice to get away and and uh, and distance yourself. Tell us real quick, uh, like a short blip about uh, your Jeep that you're running currently and uh, your camping setup. Just kind of how you sleep. So super big. Uh, so... Uh, the Jeep has got a two and a half inch lift from Super Lift, um, and all of this is installed at Black Bear Off Road. Woo woo! Um, <laughs> well plug, well plug. Yeah. Um, so we got the two point five inch Super Lift suspension. Uh, we've got the Rugged Ridge ORB uh, steering stabilizer. We've got Mamba Off Road M twenty sixes with Toyo tires. Uh, 35 inch tires, some Toyota tires, open country MPs. Um, we've got front bumper from Rugged Ridge. We've got rear bumper from Rugged Ridge, rock sliders, reinforced um, tire carrier. Um, and I feel like there's I've upgraded the headlights as well. Um, as far as camping or sleeping in, the, I sleep in the Jeep. I've got a uh, I've got an air mattress that like perfectly contours. I can't remember the brand. It's basically a deep sleep. Um, it looks like a deep sleep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's a different brand. It's like uh, it's a different brand, but yeah. um, yes, I've got one of those. Um, I did buy like a storage box um, that worked out well. I put basically all my dry goods in there, um, and yeah, it's just pillow, blanket, and the sheet for. For the air mattress, and, and that's it. And the air mattress comes with um, an inflator, like, already attached to the mattress. So there's no, like, extra pump or anything. Do you think uh, Do you think it was a decent setup? I mean, I like it. Uh, I would say I would say the weather um, is probably the most extreme I would do in that. Um, yeah. I mean, I could probably push a little bit more. It's just the, the colder it gets, the more I'm going to run my Jeep to put the heater on. Yeah. Um, 
And so I, I, I really enjoy sleeping in colder weather. Um, so if I'm, if it's 40 something outside, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with like cracking a window for a little bit. Yeah. Um, the wind chill, I think was like the, the, the biggest, um, is probably what made it the coldest on our first evening. Um, but I, I thought it was pretty comfortable. I started off with the heater for maybe an hour just to toast it up in the Jeep and then I turned it off and knocked out. I did wake up one time overnight, you know, feeling the cold that, I mean, there's the windows are not, are not insulated. Yeah. Um, so I mean, maybe it's going to creep in eventually. Maybe an auxiliary heater, but for the most yeah. part, if you're not doing this extreme, like, you know, middle yeah. of January on the edge of a gorge and the mountains in North yeah. Carolina, then, uh, it's probably a good setup, and it's probably even a really good, uh, you know, spring and summer and fall. Crack the yeah. windows, put a net up. Should be pretty nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I think the only thing I would have done if if I do that kind of weather more often yep. is maybe do like auxiliary power and have like a space heater, so I'm not turning over to to crank, um, to crank over the Jeep. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, Russ. We appreciate you waiting there patiently uh for us but i know jesse's covered a little bit of the trip give us as the uh uh the elder statesman in the group give us your uh two cents on the trip all right well uh it's kind of crazy um (laughs) we 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 had we had a little bit different experience uh given the fact that you know, uh, some of the, the mishaps and, and things that happen, but at the same time, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, you, you go out there and you want to have a really good time, but, you know, sometimes the journey works out and sometimes it doesn't, you know? So getting from point A to point B isn't necessarily the point, you know, it's really just going out there and experiencing what happens. And, you know, my wife came with us this time and, you know, camping in, you know, 20 degree and, 20 degree weather with snow and ice on the ground uh you get cold <laughs> i mean it's just how it happens and that seems to bring uh, me when you always bring her out is when it's cold uh, that's right you know <laughs> she, needs to, she needs to come out a little bit more that, that's all i'm saying um but she she had a wonderful time with the geese and, and you know jesse touched on it a little bit ago you know um linville um linville gorge there's there's a lot of trails in that area, a lot of people in the overlanding community, especially up here in North Carolina. Um, a couple of the groups that I follow around the part of um, kind of dog on it, you know, because they're trying to say that, you know, there, there are better places to go and, and things like that. And that's fine. But at the same time, for people that are just wanting to get out and enjoy nature and, and camp with their friends and or family, uh, it's, it's perfectly fine. It's not hardcore wheeling. It's essentially a gravel road that rides the ridge um, with some of the most amazing views that, that, that are uh, here in North Carolina. Um, you know, very similar to kind of the feeling that, that you got maybe when you went up to Max Patch for the first time, you got to see that kind of view, uh, the Blue Ridge, uh, Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, Lindell offers something completely different. Um, but also just as amazing, you know, you're, you're up, you know, 1500 feet from the floor, uh, of, uh, of the, the canyon or the gorge. And you look off in the distance and you can actually see, um, Lake James, uh, that, that's down there. Um, 
it, it's it, it's it's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it was a it was a really good time hanging out with with Jesse and Chris and my friend James, who actually came out from uh, from Florida, never being off road before. Um, he just got a new Nissan Titan, you know, kind of stock tires, no lift, no nothing. Um, and he had a ground tent with him, and you know, he had a wonderful time uh, just hanging out around the campfire. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an awesome experience. It's unfortunate that, uh, we really only got like halfway through that I was, you know, because somebody decided to drive a two wheel drive car with a uh, two wheel drive Cherokee with street tires, trying to drive it on sheets of ice. And that rarely works out. It doesn't work <laughs> out always. Yeah, that happens, but you're right. I love Max patch. Absolutely beautiful. North Carolina has some beautiful, beautiful, um scenes views and uh sometimes you know i don't mind an easy road to get to them um especially if there's some good camping nearby an epic campsite is an epic campsite so it doesn't have to be uh, a 10 trail to get to it in fact that kind of shakes up the gear a little bit and makes it a little bit harder so uh um i'll take an easy road and uh when i want to go rock crawling i'll go rock crawling but uh, tell us a little bit about your rig you've added some new stuff recently a new tent and uh, tell us what you got going on there. Uh, yeah, just just recently I added the uh, the brand new uh, hard shell tent from uh, a hard shell rooftop tent from Smitty Belt. See this hard shell Overlander. Um, that was that was really good. Um, really easy to set up uh, and, and and put away. Um, my wife tried to stay warm <laughs> uh, in it, but it was. Uh, you know, like I said, it was super, super cold. And the thing with with tents or camping outside of the actual Jeep, um, in, in that kind of weather, you have to worry about condensation. And and that didn't seem to be like a big issue for the for the first night. But the second night, uh, it got into the teens. And uh, we had like thin sheets of ice on the inside of our tent uh, just from the condensation. We weren't running a propane heater or anything like that on the inside. Um, but yeah, uh, the Jeep's a 2015 JKU. Um, it's got all kinds of modifications. I've got a, a four-inch uh, ST4 lift from uh, Interiflex Falcon shocks. It's got upgraded axles, drive shafts. Um, and I, I built the thing to last, um, but uh, my wallet is suffering. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the new things are, you know, since we've done the lift and we've done the 35-inch tires. Uh, um, and you know, a whole bunch of other things. Um, the, uh, the the stock steering uh, is notably weak on the on the Jeeps. So um, I just purchased uh, the PSC Big Bore and their uh, accompanying uh, pump kit for that. So I'll be heading to Black Bear Off Road, mm-hmm. the shop. Uh, <laughs> I heard things about the shop, uh, and we're going to be. Uh, uh, installing that uh, really soon, as well as some uh, some brighter tail lights. Um, my new place up here in North Carolina is incredibly, uh, it's pretty isolated, very dark at night. So, you know, just trying to back up, you, know, you can't even see down my driveway. So uh, we've got some, uh, got some new tail lights and reverse lights for that, um, as well as KC uh, area lights and uh, some mid color lights. Um, we just need to be able to see in the dark. <laughs> yeah, we got some new taillights that showed up today at the shop for you as well. Some high beam off road taillights. So um, it's going to be nice. Yeah. 
so yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a great time this weekend. You know, installing those parts, getting ready for uh, for Winrock in just a couple weeks. That's right. Mm-hmm. Winrock's coming up. We got a couple weeks to Winrock, and uh, I'm hoping for light snow. I don't want any rain. I don't yeah. care what the temperature is. I don't want it to dump, but I would like light snow. I think that'd make it really fun. But uh, if not snow, maybe dry. But uh, anyways, it sounds like a great trip. Linville Gorge, check it out. There's some cool stuff you can do up there. Um, there's tons of overlanding like Max Patch and uh, and Wheeling in North Carolina you can check out. And uh, Russ has got some videos of that. Uh, you can check out his channel on YouTube, Adventure Russ. And uh, we actually did uh, an overland podcast at S3 Magazine. So you can check them out on YouTube and all the social medias. And actually, while I'm at it, S3 Mag is still running an awesome deal where you get a free t-shirt with your subscription <clears throat> And the shirt is fresh. I'd pay twenty bucks for the shirt. So yeah, you you buy the shirt and you get the free subscription, which in the way I think about it, not like getting a free shirt with a subscription. It's right, right. Awesome. And you, either way, we're not winning on it. So take it while you can. You're not making a lot of money on it, if any. No. And, but it's so it's a great deal. Check it out. Yeah. It's awesome. So, real quick, I want to touch on overlanding and Russ. You actually said something earlier today in a text you said something about weekend landering or something i kind of like that because i mean i feel like if you're actually overlanding air quotes uh you're gonna be doing it for more than a weekend three days you're really like doing it for like touring like you're gonna go a month or two or yeah. further so yeah maybe we should rebrand this thing i always called it like rock landing or like over rocking because i'm really like trail riding and car camping um but one thing that we've discussed overlanding before and, and defined it in previous um, uh, podcasts, but what I want to talk about a little bit, take a little bit of spin, take you guys' um, backgrounds. You know, Russ right now is uh, basically in charge of, I think, all of your companies. Well, you can tell, tell me if I'm wrong, but like pretty much all of the marketing and video and social media that's going out currently. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's essentially what I'm doing is I'm coming up with marketing strategies and, and um, just different digital media initiatives as well as different creatives for, for several clients, you know, working on the freelance basis, but also working under contract with uh, with some people. Yeah. So you get some experience there. Jesse's done a ton of different editorials and uh, articles now for S3. He's done their podcast and he's a videographer for Columbia University, right? Uh, University of South Carolina. There you go. Got it. Sorry. My yeah. bad. My bad. No, you're good. Um, that's the Cox, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everyone, I'm not a sports person, so <laughs> when I got to the position, everyone was telling me I'm going to be a Cox, and yeah. I'm, uh, okay, yeah, thanks, bud. Uh, Russ is an FSU fan, so that's that doesn't work out too good. Uh, that's a negative, I'm, sir. I'm just going to call you that. That's a negative. That, that is my wife is FSU. Oh, sorry. I'm not. Sorry. Sorry. I just thought you had to conform in your house. I I know that she throws like hatchets and axes, so I just figured you would conform to that. Yeah, and there's no question. My wife is a badass. So there's no... <laughs> Well anyways, the reason I was asking you about that is because I want to look at overlanding uh from a couple different perspectives. But like the actual term, the branding if you've paid attention at all in off roading in the last 10 years but even more recently i said the last three and since corona hit huge explosion and what people are calling 
overlanding, right? And basically, right. some people are just car camping. Some people are actually overlanding. But we're seeing the whole hobby of it explode. It's also, if you're looking at it, if you know anything about the outdoor sector, they're seeing a huge growth right now in bushcraft. You know, and what it is is people are trying to get out of their house. They're wanting something to do. They want to connect with nature. They're tired of just sitting there looking at a screen. So some people are, you know, getting into this bushcraft where they're like, it's more of build a shelter, you know, find and forage your own food, use mm-hmm. old style techniques to survive. Overlanding's like, how can I bring all the amenities of home, but also, you know, be really comfortable so I can do long amount of um, days of out camping and riding and wheeling and seeing things. Um, yeah. But you, you guys thought if you have anything on the current kind of branding of it because i know uh for for you jesse like you know you've had the jeep just recently you you only had one car for a ridiculous amount of years (laughs) and so now you get the jeep but i think you know when you first got the jeep you're probably struck by like the stuff you sort of knew about jeeps and then like overlanding's probably just starting to hit your radar for like where me and russ kind of like been in jeeps a little bit longer the we've gradually watched this overland thing come through because i'll just say when i got into this almost 10 years ago rock crawling was the thing in jeeps it was like it was like bros it was like hulk hogan big tires and when i say big tires 33s and 35s you know rock crawling was the thing and so now i'm seeing like there's still a rock crawling scene um huge on the west coast pretty big on the east coast as well but but this overland thing is spreading in every state in the nation what are you seeing jesse just kind of as someone fairly new to jeeping and this starting to hit your radar like branding wise or maybe some some points you're seeing just like um that, that are just hitting you about the whole thing um, i mean I'm, we're definitely seeing that huge growth in the overland community and i think i'm i think i'm on the front of like part of that part of that growth um i think that's how I kind of got into it. Um, and recently, I want to say in the last month or so, I caught on to this uh, show on Amazon Prime, um, and it was uh, Expedition Overland, oh, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah, incredible series. But to think that this community has a show like that that's out there on Amazon Prime, like I wouldn't have expected that You know, three years ago, maybe even two years ago. Um, but it, it's just, especially now with the coronavirus, like we, we don't have the option to be around crowds as much as we might've used to. Um, and so I could see where a lot of people wanted to just push out into nature to, to, you know, to get out of the house. Um, but for me, it was, uh, I like to, I like to have that, you know, adventure. I've, I've always had my Corolla for the past. <laughs> well, since since I've had a car, period, it was the only car I had for over ten years, three hundred and eighty thousand miles. Um, and I enjoyed traveling. I went from Florida to Niagara Falls in that car, um, and and it's a great experience on what it can offer me. But I was really interested in having that kind of experience, but from a different perspective. And it only made sense to go completely opposite instead of being slammed to the ground but to have something lifted to where I can go literally anywhere 
Um, I mean, it's like I I compare it most to the feeling of when you first ride your bike. Like when you're a kid, your world is only as far as you can walk or run. Oh, you know, and once you get onto that bike and you see how far you can go, like that's that's a big deal. Your world grows, and the same kind of experience when you know you get your first vehicle, you everything kind of expands and you kind of see more opportunity out there. And that's the same thing with, you know, getting my Jeep is, is I'm expanding that kind of world. And, um, you sure as hell can't do that in a slam Corolla. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nice to experience the nature side of, um, of that exploration. Yeah, for sure. I, I'll tell you what, uh, there are some guys that are wheeling Corollas and that's, what's kind of crazy about, the overland scene is like it's not just jeeps like it, it expands into almost every brand i mean we have a friend that, that does it in a porsche cayenne and then i mean there's guys taking nissans and toyotas and it's huge in the toyota market um and it's going to be big with the bronco coming out uh so it's a huge market we all just happen to have jeeps because they're the best off-road vehicles that exist in in the history of off-roading but and it's not debatable but uh they are great but sort of i don't know if you know this but in overlanding jeeps are sort of looked down on unless you own one because it's almost like cheating they're like oh here comes the jeeps you know like you know we're kind of the jocks so to speak in the in the overland world but uh to bounce off what you're saying I totally get what you're saying about the the whole bicycle thing. For me, when I first got into Jeeps, it was like, uh, what can I afford to do to my Jeep? Oh, where can I actually take this Jeep? Like, how many trails can I run? And then the more and more I learned, I realized that the universe of off-roading is massive. Like, I won't get to touch on everything I can do in off-roading. Like, I'm never going to be able to own all the 4x4s that exist. I'm never going to be able to run every single trail but I sure as heck want to die trying. Um, and that's what overlanding became for me was I realized, okay, there's only so many super hard trails in the United States, but there's overlanding in every single state. Uh, every vacation I'm going to go on from here to the day I die, even if it's just to go to the beach, I'm going to find a trail, whether it's easy or hard, because I just want to run it. I just want to do it. I want to see what it, what's down that road. Russ, shoot over to you been in a little bit longer and you've seen some of the trends and i know you watch uh, a good bit of these youtube channels what do you you know you think covid kind of changed the game a little bit for the the whole overland scene are you seeing anything that's kind of like just hitting you about maybe new items that are coming out or like the overall brand of overlanding without question yeah i mean it was starting before that you know with uh overland bound you know when, once overland bound started up you know, that really had that niche culture uh, to really go after uh, a very similar thing where the exact thing that Jesse was talking about is really your, your world expanding at each level of transportation from feet to bicycle to vehicle, you know, to a four by four vehicle, uh, more and more possibilities are opened up to you. Um, once you, you don't necessarily even have to, you know, have the most uh, built out rig to, to get to some of these places, you know, I mean, you can take, you know, a couple thousand dollars that you save up over some years, get a four by four, fix it with, you know, duct tape if you want to, you know, and, and, and Have just you seen to, my that, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> but, but it's an awesome build and it's an awesome concept. You, 
uh, to really take something that's yours and follow your passion. So if your passion is you want to go out and you want to find this epic ham spot or this, you know, great location that you couldn't get to or you were too lazy to get to in a bicycle, you know, <laughs> or on a bicycle, you can you can go and do that, that kind of thing. Um, but I think it all boils down to the sense of adventure. And then once people are, you know, told uh, that, that they can't do something or they shouldn't do something, it makes it more desirable, oh, yeah. right? They really want to do this. And then uh, people like my buddy James, who uh, who came up to the Linville trip, you know, he was asking me a thousand questions, like, am I going to be able to make it? Do I need to get new tires? Do I need to do this? And everybody who gets into any kind of mod vehicle, right? So, you know, a Honda Civic, you know, one of the most accessorized, if not the most accessorized or aftermarket vehicle in the world, Jeep is really close to it now. Yeah, the Wrangler's but, on its tail. Yeah, just because of the market explosion, you know, and, and the interest in it. It's not just rock crawling, you know. And then Toyota with Old Man Emu, the, their whole new suspension platform and Icon Dynamics, oh, yeah. you know, all the suspension stuff. I mean, they specifically for these vehicles. Um, and on the point of rock crawling versus overlanding, yeah, of course, it's going to expand more because there aren't big rocks in every state, you know. But at the same time, the interest of the sense of adventure, uh, adventure the adrenaline rush that you get from going somewhere that you didn't think that you were going to be able to get to, uh, those those are that's an incredible thing, right? So even if you, uh, there is a sense of adventure down an unknown path, right? So when we go and do these trips, you can plan, but I wasn't planning for the Linville trip, even though it was like, it, it wasn't like a strict agenda. We're going to be here at this time. And then 10 minutes later, we're going to be here. It was, let's get here and see what happens. And what happened was we didn't really do anything that we wanted to do except for camp and hang out and have a wonderful time. And that's one thousand percent. Okay. With me. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So, so like I'm, I'm totally down with that kind of thing. So, you know, when, when it comes to the, the market growth, yeah, you see the launch of all these YouTube channels. You see the interest um, explode uh, in, in, in this avenue and in so many others. So whether it's, you know, gardening or survival skills or whatever, people feel a little bit more independent and they're starting to consume a lot of YouTube content and blog content and podcast content that is about self-reliance um, and, and passion-driven and adventurous uh, in, in a lot of ways. So I think it's really cool that, that people are actually taking this and they're not, um, you know, kind of going to every desire down at the local target. Yeah. I, I think you're just nipping on, on a point that I've been thinking about recently, and it's like, I think people might get a little overwhelmed with the whole term overlanding. Like if you read one group's definition, then they need to have a rooftop tent or a trailer or a diesel heater or a scottle or all these things. And you have to have all this equipment. But for me, what I do is I take from like my past of, or this is the style of wheeling that I kind of learned or did. And I try to put the biggest tires and the biggest gears in the lockers to do the biggest obstacles and then I kind of learned that doesn't work great for like driving cross country and I like hunting and I like fishing. So I want to figure out how I can tie those things in. And you kind of figure out if you spend time in any hobby, what your niche is, where you're great at, what you want to expand on. And I think that exists 
uh, in a way that's really good for somebody who is just getting into it. They don't have to, you know, be patient. You don't have to rush into it. You can kind of build up to uh, your skill level or what it is you might want to do. And uh, I think it's great for people with families, uh, anybody that has a sense of adventure. There, there's something about going somewhere that there's no one around and you're the only one seeing that view. Or maybe there is a couple of people around, but you're like, look at this view. I could be sitting at home right now or I could be playing a video game, but I would not have the feeling that I'm having right now out here in the woods with my buddies. I mean, it's just, it's a great thing to go out and, and see what all there is to see in the world in kind of a different, you know, context, basically. Um, it's a different thing that's, you know, we're in a very technology-driven world, and we're going to get into that. But uh, but you just can't replace that with actually being there, seeing it, and experiencing it. Um, yeah, I agree. If you're watching yeah. some of these YouTube videos, and you're like, you know, these guys got it pretty easy. It seems pretty simple to just go out there and, and go see this stuff in Moab or Black Bear Pass. And then you get out there and you get altitude sickness and your vehicle breaks and your fridge quits working. <laughs> you got to be flexible right. and you can learn a whole new set of skills. And um, But at the same time, you can go out on a weekend with like some basic camping gear and have the most fun and uh, really don't need a whole lot of stuff. So what I'm saying is if you're even slightly interested in it, just go out there and start doing it and you'll kind of figure it out as you go. So anyways, I like to flip the screen. I agree. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, that's, that's a call out for, for Jonathan Woolley. We're going to see you camping, uh, in Windrock. He's not going to listen yeah, to this, um, but everybody else can give him, bug him and tell him he needs to go camping. I will mention, um, it was super interesting that before I've made any modifications on my Jeep, I did take it up to Durham town, nice. um, yeah. completely stock. And it, I mean, and to be on the opposite end of the hate for Jeeps, like, they're very capable vehicles. Oh, yeah. you know, you, it's probably really intimidating to see all of these rock crawlers out there. Everybody, I mean, there's 40s everywhere right now. But it's a very capable vehicle. And while you might see a lot of those out there, like a stock Jeep is very capable. Oh, yeah. And as far as just like putting an air mattress, I mean, if you're fine with one of those foam pads, like if you have that in the Jeep, you're... I mean, know. you could go mostly anywhere. I'm very conscious uh, on trails, especially recently. I've noticed it more than ever. But if I'm uh, passing like a, a, a mountain biker or a hiker, I can almost see their disdain that I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeep, loud exhaust, all this stuff dangling off the side. They probably got passed by a hundred of them that day. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm slowing down. I'm saying, hey, can I carry some trash for you? Like, what, what can I, I don't, yeah. don't want to be viewed this way. But I right, get it. Right. The, you know, there's so many people getting into it now. The trails are getting busy. and uh, Yeah. So, you know, we do the trail cleanups. And we try to be conscious, pick up our trash and those sort of things. Uh, so I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. We all share the same places. And, uh, uh I've rode up to Trey before, and you get to the top, and the Appalachian Trail goes through, and then just like 80 Jeeps blocking the trail, and there comes some hikers, and they have to go around the Jeeps, and we're all eating lunch, and like, hey, what's up, you know, being loud, and it's like, mm -hmm. I, that probably ruined their nature experience yeah. for that moment, but for us, we're having a great time, it, it's it's interesting, but uh, yeah. anyways, I want to flip the script and go into something else uh, altogether while I have you two guys. 
something I've noticed, um, I'm a little jealous of, because I've had a YouTube channel now uh, for four years, and I'm starting to actually make some money. And when I mean money, I mean 50 bucks a month now. Yeah. That's yeah. huge for me. That's 600 that bucks a year. That's crazy YouTube money right there. Um, but I know there's people who literally make a living on YouTube, and I feel like the best ones are graphic designers, um, people who are good at marketing. Um, that might not actually apply to Bleepin' Jeep. Uh, I don't even know how he has a channel because Matt has, like, he's just, like, super slow when he talks. Like, I want him to read children's books or something. But yeah. I think it's just that he has so much helpful information out there. Um, yeah, it brings straight-up value. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it value. is. Yeah. So that's what I try to bring because I'm not a graphic designer. I'm, like, trying to teach myself to film and edit and whatever. Like, when I see Russ post a video, I'm like, he's going to have some thumbnail art that's going to blow mine out of the water. It's going to be epic. Um, but what I'm noticing what is, like, these guys are, like, quitting their jobs. Or or now everyone's working from home. They're taking their jobs on the road. And if there's any of our listeners listening, they're thinking, you know, maybe I would like to take three months now that I'm working from home and go travel and make that work-life balance. Now, none, none of the three of us are doing that. But, like, some of the things they've got to think about is that just filming ed and editing in itself is no easy task. And there are, like, some kind of cheating ways to do it. Like, filming with your phone, editing with free rush or something like that. Um, like, the, the Adobe Rush program or... You know, there's ways to make these videos, but if you're going to have, like, one of these top, top, you know, I think I heard the other day that there's 2.6 million YouTube channels, but only, um, like, 20% has over 2,000, 200,000 subscribers, so it's, like, there's only, like, a quarter, and if you think about our niche, overlanding, off-roading, there's probably, like, 10 or 12, um, maybe 15, and we probably all know them. We've all seen them. But so when I watch them, I'm like, these guys film. They get great angles. They seem like their cameras are amazing. Their edits are cool. They have intros. Their music seems better. Um, maybe, Jesse, give us some insights uh, as a videographer. Like, if there's a guy right now, and he's like, I just bought a Tacoma. And I'm thinking, uh, my work just says I have to work from home. I'm thinking about going out west doing some wheeling. If maybe I make a YouTube channel, maybe I can make a career out of this. What do you think there's some things that they're going to need to think about? Um, possibly going, just shooting a video, editing it, throwing it online. Yeah. No, um, so one thing I've noticed, um, and, and I'm no like marketing expert, I'm more on the production side, but I will say what, what I notice is um, uh, whatever, whatever value you can bring to your demographic, whatever you're aiming for, um, you want to focus in on that, and you also want to stick to consistency. Um, once you do capture your audience with um, with whatever value you're giving it, so like information on 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 installations or information about a trail, like every trail that I've looked, I've, I've potentially looked at, I'll go on YouTube and and that's what we look at. I mean, and that's that's kind of how I decide what that value is, is 
if that's something that I'm personally interested in, like if I'm interested in a trail and I want to go find out, you know, what this trail looks like in this time of season, like that's something I should probably capture. That's something I should probably share. And mind you, every day that passes, there's more and more content being uploaded. So it, it, it will be more saturated, but I think where that separates you from everyone else is that consistency. So if you're, if I'm looking at the Lindo Gorge and I see this, you know, Joe Schmo on there who did this trail thing, um, you know, five weeks later, if I'm looking at a completely different trail and I see that same guy, Joe Schmo, oh snap, this guy is, I mean, he's doing all the things that I'm interested in. The next thing you know, he's got a subscriber. Oh yeah. Um, so I think that balance of consistency um, really pushes through when you're, when you're getting that value to your audience. What do you think about gear? I mean, do you think uh, there's, you know, there's a ridiculous amount of money you can spend on cameras. Uh, yeah. Like the red that films in 8K, and then you can go yeah. all the way down to like I use an Osmo or using your phone. Uh, do you think there's anything that, that you know? I I think I'm just gonna interject a little bit. I think yeah. a lot of people are like, I gotta have a GoPro. I think the GoPro is one of the worst cameras ever in existence. I I mean, it, it just doesn't film good video in my opinion like when i'm yeah. watching like a car show like on tv and they switch to the in car i can tell it's a gopro i'm like that's a gopro mm -hmm. that's junk yeah but but yeah. it has its place right it's an action camera you can stick it in places that you can't put yeah. a regular yeah. camera and it makes sense but like you think like people are just like going out and spending money they do they need to go get a gopro a gimbal go buy a panasonic camera use their phone like yeah. What do you think? What do you think they should have? I mean, for the most part, uh, I mean, technology is growing faster every minute. So yeah. if you look at, you know, quote, air quotes, like high quality cameras 10 years ago, and you look at the quality you get from the phone that you have in your pocket, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, as a videographer, it hurts to say sometimes, but for, for, the, for the common audience, most people aren't going to be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it's easy for me to. It, it, it would be easy for me to say, you know, higher quality is going to give you higher quality product, um, and that's true. But on the other hand, you look at what, what's this bleep and jeep. I mean, oh yeah, it, yeah. I mean, for the most part, it it almost looks like he's just using a GoPro or he's using his phone. Oh yeah. Um, and so for the most part. Uh, if you want to get into it and you and, and and you don't have the money to like spend on big things, like don't let that hold you up. You could use your phone. Mm -hmm. uh, most iPhones will shoot in 4K. Um, most people watch 1080p and don't even have the monitors or the TVs that can you know accurately depict what 4K looks like. Um, so uh, if you could get you know like an entry level DSLR with a decent lens, um, even the kit lens. Like, uh, as as a videographer who's gearhead, that's that's not something I would use most of the time. But there, it's good equipment, and you could use that. Um, on the other hand of the spectrum, you see these full series being produced, and they've got you know they've got a gimbal for whatever red camera they're using, and they've got the drones in the air, and and that's fine too, but. Um, 
I mean, that's an investment that either they had to put out or or a part to put out for them. Um, and so unless you're at that point or unless you're supplementing that or exchanging that kind of investment for something in return, um, it's not it's not realistic to expect to have that out of the gate. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I'll always say this, just go out and start doing. So you already own a cell phone. Like, just start shooting video with it and then um, figure out what editing programs work best for you. I've I've done a couple of different programs. I've been using Adobe recently and, and like how easy it is to use. Um, I also have uh, Vegas. Sony Vegas. Yeah, I, yeah. Have, I have Vegas. Um, I use Vegas mostly if I'm shooting long videos that I have to do a yeah. lot of edits on. It's easier. But if I'm doing a quick one on my phone, I use Adobe. It's faster, easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, get your, you know, get your feet wet, use your cell phone. And then when you get in there, you'll see that like, okay, maybe a drone would get me a, a, a second angle that would really just make this video crazy. I recently just invested in a, um, uh, an Osmo that's just handheld films in 4k. And then I bought a yeah. membership to Soundstripe. Thanks to Russ for the, uh, for the, the nod on that. Uh, mm-hmm. so I can actually bring in some music. That's not just the YouTube stock music. Um, yeah. And, and some people don't like music. I like to use it because I breathe heavy yeah. when I film. So I got to cover yeah. that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the music. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, music is in my blood. And for me, the music makes a video for me. Dude, have you seen, I know Russ has, have you seen Tom Green's uh, New Overlanding series? Oh my gosh. So Tom, no, I have not. Tom Green is overlanding across the country and he's making all the music. And it's like weird, like wow. That is wild. Maybe I'm Tom Green live in Jacksonville like five or six years ago. Yeah, look at yeah, Tom Jesse, Green is overlanding. You should know this. You should know this, Jesse. He's actually built a recording studio inside of his van. And he's recording this inside of his van in like the middle of Arizona. Uh, blogging the or vlogging the whole thing. He's doing photography now. I mean, he's like full on. Oh my god! Yeah, you should definitely check that out, man. You'll love it. I actually reached out to him to be on the podcast, but I didn't get a response. So I got you guys tonight. Um, hey, no joke. Hey. I did try. I tried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if somebody, for that, Green, man. if somebody knows Tom Green, uh, I'd love to have him on the podcast to go wheeling with him, but. uh <laughs> what he's doing is awesome on YouTube. What do you think, Russ, uh, equipment-wise? Uh, I know we were talking about a little bit off there, but, like, you think you, cell phones are acceptable? Uh, I know you've gone through a lot of different gear. I mean, you've had a lot of the same similar gear and tried different stuff. Well, yeah, man. I mean, I've, I've been uh, – I've had experience with photography ever since, you know, uh, I mean, forever ago, you know, I've gone through some, uh, some pro cameras. I've gone through, you know, just using the, the YouTubes and the phone. And for the most part, you know, it really just depends on, uh, what the value is that you're going to present. We, we talked about Leaf and Jeep. We talked about all these other kind of people, but, um, the thing of it is, is that if your product is shit and you take a high quality picture of it, it doesn't make any difference. No. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of, uh, and their filming is like ridiculous. 
I don't know. See, the, I mean, the the thing of it is, is when you when you're when you're thinking about the story, is the concept is what what the product that you're trying to offer, and that goes with anything, any product, any brand, any self branding or personal branding that you do. Um, if you're if you're speaking truth, if you're speaking with passion, and you're you know, you're offering value to your viewers or your subscribers or whoever, uh, whatever your audience is then you're going to be successful because you define success by doing the thing that you're passionate about. So if, you do, that, yeah. if you do that with a GoPro, fine. Who gives a shit? You know? <laughs> I know. But, I, had a, I had too much. I think that my opinion of the GoPro might have been a little harsh. Maybe I have a lot of <laughs> pent-up emotion towards the GoPro. No, no. But I totally get it. When you, you've got a GoPro shooting on a wide, you know, wide angle or whatever, People are using 360 cameras now just to yeah. buy them and chose 360 view, even though it gives people like, you know, sends people into shock and gives <laughs> seizures. Like they don't realize the effects of these things. But, you know, drone footage is phenomenal because it's what we, you know, in the industry or in the film industry, it's an establishing shot. Yeah. You know? yeah. It shows people where they are. And then you get deeper into the story that going closer to the individual. So you go from a huge white wide airborne shot to a medium shot where people are driving down the road or passing the vehicle, and then boom, now you've got a you know one to one, you know, and and if your composition is good and all that other kind of stuff, yeah, it's going to be more attractive. You can evoke emotion by the frame of the shot and all this other kind of stuff. But I mean, hell, look at Lightbright. Oh yeah. See, she has a little bit of different angle than than what I can offer though. But the value that her uh, subscribers are looking for isn't a cam piece of camera gear. No, they're looking at for a different piece. <laughs> yeah, for a different exactly. Piece. Yeah. But you know, but they're they're going out there, they're banging stuff up on the rocks, they're, they're racing stuff, they're getting ready for King of Hammers and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's what made their channel grow. Mm -hmm. You know. So it's going to be different for, for everybody. For Bleep and Jeep, it's offering, okay, look, I'm going to weld these two pieces and, and, and fix your Jeep, yeah. you know, or give you this tip. Uh, for Lightbright is, okay, I'm going to be a, a blonde, attractive girl um, being all, you know, whatever she is. Uh, she's, a to her she's a decent driver. Oh, she's an amazing drift driver. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She, she was on, she was on uh, what was the Netflix show? Yeah. She was on Netflix. She was, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she can drive. I got yeah. no problem with that. She, she can actually talk pretty well. I'm not knocking but, but I'm I'm just saying that like that a lot of people that they go to that channel, uh the the value they're getting is is a personal value uh for for themselves. Um for the for for a lot of it anyway. Yeah. Um so anyway, no, you don't have to have expensive gear. Just get your phone out of your pocket. Go out, shoot some stuff, talk to your camera, be a little bit of a narcissist every once in a while, and it's fine. Cool. Well, yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm somewhere in the middle, so I like you guys' opinions because uh, I am a knuckle-dragging grunt of a mechanic, right? And But I have a personality, a little style, pizzazz, whatever. But I've got none of the uh, the uh, the soft touch of the filming, I'm not, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, I really want this to look like this, right? Um, it's like if I had a pencil and a paper, and I was like, I'm going to draw you what I want this to look like. It's going to look like a right. four-year-old drew it. And I feel like that's kind of what happens sometimes when I film a video. 
But it's like, I mean, if you have the intent to bring value or whatever, and then you learn. And so the point I was getting to, sometimes I see other guys like me, they're like, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to go get a GoPro. I'm going to go get this. I'm going to get that. And I'm going to be like, I did the same thing. You need to start off with the basic stuff. Actually get out there. Think about storyboarding a little bit. Watch some YouTube videos. Pay attention to what they do. Don't necessarily have to copy them, but realize, okay, I need B-roll. I need like actual talking to the camera. I mean, I, I know you guys have seen these kind of videos on YouTube and it's like the Linville Gorge trail, 60 minutes. You're like, oh man, this can be a good video. And it's 60 minutes of an in vehicle GoPro yeah. footage, dash cam, no talking, no music. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, yeah. just going yeah, I've, down I've the trail. Actually done that before. I've actually done that before. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's weird when you, when you do, you just put it on your dash and you're like, I want to remember this. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know I was going to put it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I actually watched a video of someone do the entirety of Black Bear Pass like that with no music, <laughs> just a dash cam. And Nicole's like, can we change it? We've been watching this for an hour and a half. I'm like, no, I'm trying to memorize the trail. Like, <laughs> I need to know it. So, I mean, there's a, hey, there's a purpose for any video that gets <laughs> there. I mean, yeah. you can find value in all of them. Um, we've kind of, t- I think we've beat that one up pretty good. But I think people got the general idea. Uh, of of where to go and maybe some things to look at. Another thing. Now this one this one really gets underneath my skin because I've been on the receiving side of this is when people decide oh I've got a YouTube channel they some people not all but a lot of them make this cardinal mistake where they think I have now created a platform where I have this huge amount of value. Everyone should give me something. Like, you know, you expect to be given something in return. Now, I've been given things before uh, and for, for bringing, uh, for instance, hey, will you make an installation video? We'll give you these parts. Or, hey, man, you've pushed our brand super hard. Here's a set of these, you know. Um, and I know both of you had somewhat similar things, not, um, you know, Jesse, you with S3, you guys have partners that market with the magazine and so you did a couple things like that on your jeep build and then uh russ your your company kind of had like a a program where you can reach out and do some charity work and you made that work um by doing a charity ride um on on the traverse but what what i want to get at is we've all been on this end where we've sort of received either discounted or free items and then we're expected to bring a return now knowing you both I always feel a huge, like, if someone gives me $400 in gear for free, I want to give them $1,600 in value. Um, right, right. Like, I just feel that debt. So what I'd like to do oh, yeah. is maybe give a little advice. Um, I see the DMs. that I mean, I get them to Black Bear. I get, hey, yeah. do you guys sponsor riders? I, I wheel every weekend. If I put your sticker on my vehicle, that billboard's going to be everywhere, and everyone's going to buy parts from you. Um, I've been on, I've literally had wrap vehicles with my company's wrap on it and someone like maybe once a year would say, Oh, I saw your Jeep and I was wondering what that was. You know, it's like marketing's not that simple. Any insights? I'm going to flip it around. Russ, I'm going to start with you. Any insights? Like if you were going to go after, let's say you started a channel. Maybe you've started an Instagram account and you're like, 
I like to build a vehicle. I like to partner with some people. I'm not looking for free, but I'd like some discounts because I think I could bring value to somebody. What are some things people might need to look for? Uh, you know, maybe, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first, first and foremost is there's, there's a perceived value and then there's actual value, right? Yeah. So if you want to go into a, a conversation, you would approach it like any other business, right? Business style transaction uh, and, and kind of undersell over deliver uh, in that situation. Um, like I fell into that too uh, in, in, in the very beginning of, of making a YouTube channel um, and, and what I did is I, I was just used to, I was conditioned by watching all of these other channels that are always pushing gear or whatever, because they're successful and because they're, they've made these partnerships over time, right? Mm -hmm. When we get excited about things, it's just the same thing as you buy your Jeep and then you talk to all of your other friends who have Jeeps and they're like, yeah, you need to have 35s, you need to have lockers, you need to have this, that, the other thing. It's the same thing transposed upon the platform of, okay, if I'm going to be successful in the YouTube channel, then I have to have sponsors. And people are going, uh, kind of putting the, the car before the horse in that situation, is build your own value. Do, like I was saying, if you, do, if you build a channel from, from the passion and you give value, then you actually have value to give in a transactional uh, deal uh, with somebody else much later on but if you're choosing to make youtube a lifestyle slash platform for you uh transactional um situation then you have to understand that platform and before you go talking to other businesses about this saying that oh i have this platform and you don't know anything about it and so you're going to get shot down most of the time and when it comes to marketing you, you have to be smart about you know what's going to be mutually beneficial. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about things I can do for my channel uh, to to grow it because 2020 was a really crap year, you know, and I didn't I put one video out on January 19th, and so I realized that on January 18th of this year, and I'm like, well, man, I really need to get back into this because I enjoyed it, you know. So I started thinking about. How can I give value and not ask for anything, but also bring it, bring awareness and attention to all of these small businesses and things? So one of the series that I'm hoping to do, which will also hopefully grow my channel along with it, is bringing attention to these local 4 by 4 shops. You know, by going in and talking to them and asking them, hey, I just want to, uh, you know, responsibly and safely, you know, film a segment about you the owner of your shop so tell me about your shop give me a little tour uh tell me about what you do and why you do what you do um and then build a relationship there um and if something blossoms from that then then that's great you know um but i mean that that's just my perspective don't ask if you're not prepared to give 10 times or 10 times more yeah i agree it's a shiny apple everyone thinks they can yeah. just reach out and grab it when you hear about Joe Rogan getting $50 million to make a podcast. You think, oh man, I'm just going to go make a podcast. If I can get 50 grand, that'd be great. Uh, it's not that easy. I, I think it's insane when I hear how much people get on sponsor deals outside of off-road. Like like Nike yeah. pays a guy 
five million dollars a year just to for him to wear Nike. That's insane. Like, there's yeah. no way that uh, North Face is gonna give me five bucks to wear their stuff because you know, I'm gonna look a little husky in it. Maybe Duluth Trading might might throw in something. Might have. I like their underwear. They got good underwear. Um, that's a better. That's. Hey guys, um, I come to you mid. Well, end of podcast. This is weird. So, we went about an hour and 20 on this podcast, and I didn't realize it, but the Anchor app shuts off at an hour, and then you got to start a new segment. It only records one hour segments. So, had the guys on another phone, and I recorded them for what I thought was an hour and 20 minutes, but I only recorded them for about an hour. So... <laughs> Everything you listen to is great information and gems, but we actually went in even further talking about social influencing and uh, TikTok and social media, and I really wish I had all that info, and to get them back on here, they would do it, but it, uh, I think we already have a really good podcast, so uh, if you guys would give me a minute, I'll tell you what we talked about, and I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it, if that's okay with you. Um, the last five minutes we said thanks and we, uh, gave all our social media handles out, which I'll give you at the end of this. And then we talked about social media influencing for about 15 minutes. And what we talked about was TikTok and, uh, all the different platforms and Jesse and, um, Russ made some great points that if your intentions are to bring value to people and to do good, um, and, and to be a part of the community, then it's good to put as much information basically as you can out there and not really worry about the equipment at first and then grow as you grow, basically. And we talked about that a lot. And what we were getting into is that there's a lot of people who um, want to make this a career or they want to be a social media influencer. We were talking about how that's kind of one of the number one occupations that people want to be now, young people, uh, because of TikTok. And we talked about a new platform that's out now that's called uh, uh, Clubhouse and talked about how um, you can be basically uh, a, a sounding board or you be an influencer or you can get behind a product. And I talked about how uh, the guys have had sponsored parts put on their vehicles or they've had discounts given to them before and in return they've had to do certain things and how they feel like if someone gives them something that they should give three times or fourfold that. And, and I backed that up and I've been given parts before and I've talked about how like if somebody gave me a set of wheels and the idea behind it was to push their brand, then if those wheels cost 800 bucks and I want to give them 1600 or $2,000 worth of brand building uh, over the course of a year or whatever I can. See, one thing I know I can do is someone who's sort of a micro-influencer. We talked about it. I don't know if it got recorded or not, but I say that I'm a C or D-list celebrity in a niche market, right? Uh, and uh, I might not have... I probably have about 20000 followers across every single platform that I have between TikTok and YouTube and no more a little bit more than that because I've got a couple of different Instagrams and the podcast but say 25,000 or 30,000 um, followers and 
I don't know how much reach or influence that actually would reach, but they, you would consider that a micro influencer. And as a business owner, that you know gives you a little bit more locally. Um, but where I'm going to be able to to help a brand, or where I would be able to help um, as someone who's not getting a hundred thousand subscribers or a hundred thousand views per video, is to stay consistent. So if let's say Mamba Wheels, for instance, is working with me. Well, you know, I've got to be true. Is the product really a good product? I think so. Okay, well, am I going to run a set of methods on my next Jeep? Or uh, maybe, but like, I'll discuss why I made that decision and, and be honest with you. And we, you know, the way I bring value is, okay, over the course of a year, that 30,000 equals 100,000 views or something. So, um, and, you know, you might be more, one point that Jesse brought up is uh, you might not trust Coca-Cola to tell you that their new Coke is actually healthy, but you might would listen to someone who is a health food person, actually, that people respect, come out and say, you know, if Dr. Oz says, yeah, actually, the new Coke is just as healthy as water, go ahead and drink it. Um, you might listen. And And I talked about and I don't know if this was recorded or not, I don't think it did, how I was trying to get SunSweet to uh, uh, to sponsor me because I always say, eat your prunes. And there's a funny story about that, why I say that. And and it's my homage to uh, Bob Barker. And he always say, you spayed and neuter your pets. So I said, well, people need more probiotics and fiber in their life, so maybe they should eat their prunes. So <laughs> that's my little catchphrase is eat your prunes. So I was like, maybe I get SunSweet to sponsor my podcast, which is just a company that makes prunes. And we had a laugh about it, but we talked about how some, if somebody actually wanted to do that, if they actually wanted to, you know, buy a $50,000 Jeep and they want a $50,000 worth of equipment, they want to do all these trips, but they want someone to financially get behind them and they want to be an influencer. I mean, if that's your end goal, your actual end goal needs to be to bring value to your community first and then see how you can bring value to other companies or maybe companies reach out to you. But when they do, make sure those companies are worthwhile and notable and that you bring them a good bit of value back and your people who listen to you or your um, um, the people who, uh, um, whoever your subscribers or your influencers are, or people who listen to you, um, that you're bringing them value as well, then you're not taking advantage of them. And uh, why this is important, why we talk about it is because so many people tend to want to go after it. And the reason I talked to these two guys about it and got their opinions about it is um, they both are very similar in um, uh, backgrounds and, and their jobs, but they also consume a lot of this and they're coming at it from a side of this is what they do for a living is actually help companies by giving them content. And then the content gets used for marketing and branding. And, and so they see firsthand what it takes to actually do that for a living um, versus people who have this pipe dream of maybe living on the road. And, and a lot of people do it and a lot of, and it works and for a lot, it may not ever work or pan out. And, uh, but, but I just wanted to talk about it. I'm sorry. I lost that 20 minutes of, uh, of us talking about basically we're only talking about influencing and becoming a, a social media influencer or a, a brand manager or brand marketer or something like that. Um, but what I am going to do is have them back on a podcast. We talked about it uh, in March after we do the uh, Windrock trip. 
and uh, uh, we're all going to be in the same trip. We're going to bring Wooly in here and talk to him about overlanding and, and how that went. And, and Wooly's had a lot of experience. He runs or owns half of He's co-owner of S3 Magazine and, and editor-in-chief. And so um, it would be interesting to bring him in. And, and if you guys have any questions about this podcast, you can email us at info at Black Ralph Road or hit us up on social media. Um, and, and then we'll bring those up in the future podcast. But uh, uh, sorry I lost that little bit of recording. I know the guys are probably going to end up listening to this as well and be like, oh, what happened? So I did text them and gave them a heads up. But the hour that we did get recorded, I think, was actually – really interesting information that um it's not something people think about and you know you might just be your average jeeper that doesn't think that it's something important for you either like but i was talking about how i always notice my friends taking pictures to show on facebook or instagram later so in, in a little bit of way you do care what people think about your jeep or your vehicle and um maybe you want to make videos just to share with your family and maybe it turns into something else so this is some information and things to think about. And I just think it's interesting. Even if you don't have, if, if you're willing and you, you never even take a picture, you don't even care about it. You just in it for the, the purity, the purest, uh, riding or whatever. Uh, it's still interesting to think about the other people that are in your industry or in your community that they are trying to, uh, be helpful or bring value or bring awareness or make a living filming and influencing and and uh working with brands we were talking about how we couldn't believe that you know nike would pay somebody five or ten or whatever million for just wearing their product we couldn't imagine somebody in our industry warren paying me you know a hundred grand a year to run their winches and wear their t-shirts but i uh, most certainly would (laughs) and you know it would be great that i've always thought about like how could i make off-roading or overlanding a profession a, a lifelong profession uh, where I could go wheeling or I could build a certain vehicle for SEMA or for people or for me. And right now it's owning a shop. And then um, and then hopefully down the road it means that I make enough money in the shop where I could overland for a month at a time and um, or two weeks or whatever it might be and then retire at some point and do more wheeling. Or, I don't know. I, I honestly would never – I'd like to work until the day I die. But uh, um, how could you, like, make a living out of it? And one way is – is to actually is to film it and document it and make entertainment out of it because you can actually make some money out of producing the content and then uh, not have to take on as many as clients as far as building vehicles or not have to you know you can supplement in a lot of different ways and it's just an interesting way of thinking of how like whatever your passion may be maybe you just sort of like jeeps and you listen to this but you're really passionate about ping pong well you can't make a living playing ping pong uh, unless you just play in the Olympics, but then what are you going to do the rest of the year? Well, maybe you could have a podcast about it. Maybe you can sell ping pong paddles or, you know, I don't know, but like there's some, there's ways that you can turn your passion into something that you do every single day and you get excited about waking up and doing it. So we kind of want to discuss all the different avenues and the different ways of thinking about being an influencer or a YouTuber or an overlander and those sort of things from a branding and marketing stance. But uh, at the end of it, we talked about places where you can find us on social so jesse uh is a contributor for s3 magazine so you can find s3 magazine on just about every social media platform uh just look them up s3 magazine um that's s and three pretty easy but you can find them on youtube tiktok um instagram facebook and uh you can find jesse look up the shutter poppy and uh, he's on instagram he's got some great pictures you can also check out russ his handle on youtube is adventure russ 
like his name, R-U-S-S. And you can find him on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, posts a lot of great pictures on Instagram. And you can check out both their vehicles on the Black Ralph Road Trail Team page. That's a new Instagram page and Facebook group. If you join that, you'll see all the new events coming up. Just go to Black Bear Off Road on Facebook. And you can ask to join the group, Black Bear Off Road Trail Team. We're doing a, at least an event per month. We end up doing about 16 events this year uh, in total. And uh, we're going to go into Windrock in February. In March, we're going to do a trail cleanup in Dawson Forest. Also, go to a brewery. In April, we're going to be doing a trip um, to Nemo's Tunnel. And then in May, we're going to be doing Cinco de Donut, where I drop a GPS point and uh, you try to find us. And if you do, we'll be making homemade donuts <laughs> out in the middle of the woods. I know it sounds crazy, but we try to do a fun event once a month and we're putting these events on. Uh, a lot of times we're trying to keep the trails clean and, and maintain them. A lot of times we're going out and enjoying the trails and sometimes we're just going to hang out uh, with fellow Jeepers and be as safe as possibly can, but uh, to have that sense of community. But I want to say a huge thank you to uh, Russ and Jesse for being on the podcast. I hope you check those guys out on YouTube and uh, on social media as well. They're some great guys. You'll see them in a lot of future things I've done or, or will be doing um They've got, well, Russ is coming to the shop this weekend to get some work done on his uh, uh, Jeep, and he's going to be putting a video out about it. So if you want to check that out, uh, Russ will be at Black Bear Off-Road this weekend, and uh, and you can see that on the Adventure Russ YouTube channel. And then uh, Jesse, I've been on their podcast with S3. They do some awesome podcasts, and um, he's going to be with us at, at Windrock. So you'll see those guys in the video, um, like I talked about earlier. Jesse was in the big, uh, well, he's been in a bunch of videos. Both those guys have, and they're great guys, and I really appreciate their time and being on here, and I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Um, also, I hope there's an adventure plan for your future. Sunsweet prunes. I got some individually wrapped ones. Um, I really can't wait to tear into those tomorrow. Uh, you can have a little golden nugget of prune uh, with you, and you don't have to take the whole bag, and uh, and you got those nice individually wrapped ones i like that i got those uh, i posted a picture of that on my uh, jeep and bubba stories today and uh, i'm gonna have that at my lunch tomorrow it's gonna be exciting so don't forget to eat your prunes and as always we'll be seeing you